So let's go to John chapter 14. And I want to talk to you about what Jesus said here in this text. John 14, 13. And how many people know that you need the Spirit of God, not just to help you worship, but to help you hear the Word of God? Would you believe that? Say amen. We need that. We need the Holy Spirit right now, in this moment, to take the text of Scripture and to give it to us so that we can live it. I don't want it to go just into your brain. I want it to go into your life and change you. We need, we need to take the Word of God and we need to live the Word of God. And so let's do that tonight by the power of the Spirit of God. John 14, 13, Jesus said, Whatever you ask, look at that, 13, verse 13, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. And Christmas is all about this name, this matchless name. This name that's higher than any other name. When Mary was going through all of the, she was going through, the angel appeared to Mary in Matthew one twenty one, said, you shall call his name what? Buddha. <laughs> no, Jesus. It's Jesus. That's the name that is above every name. Isaiah 9, 6 said, for to us, the prophet said, a child is born and to us a son is given. His name shall be called, what? Do you remember this? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and what is it? Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Whatever you ask in this name, you'll receive. What does that mean? I remember be- becoming a Christian, and I'm thinking, Jesus, in Jesus' name. I was taught that. If you pray in Jesus' name, you're going to get the answer to your prayer. And so I would tack in Jesus' name at the end of all my prayers, thinking I'm going to get the answer to that. So what does this mean? I battled with that. Oh, God, you know. Oh, that you know. You know that I've had my heart set on that 2018 Chevy Corvette. You know, God. You know. I'm asking for that in Jesus. And then you put mighty name. And then you think it's going to come, right? It's ridiculous, some of the things that we're believing in Christianity. But it's very common. We just tack Jesus' name on the end of every prayer. We're going to get whatever we ask for. I'm going to ask you a question. Do we have the right? What is the right use of of his name? What is the right use of his name? I don't know about you, but when people use the Lord's name in vain, Jesus Christ, GD. Does that bother anybody else in the house of God? I've heard Christians, not in this church, or Living Rock, hallelujah, but they use the Lord's name in vain. Christians, professing Christians. Is that the right use of the name of God? How about even slang words like, oh my God, is that the right use of the name of Jesus? How about the Christian slang? Here's how we Christianize things, you ready? Here's how we Christianize, oh my gosh, right? Or how about, oh my golly? Or how about this, gosh darn? Is that the right use of the name of God? How do we use his name to receive answers to our prayers? Remember many years ago when I moved to Massachusetts, my wife and I went from Liberty University up to Massachusetts, and I didn't have a job, and so I went to a gym to do some exercising, and a friend of mine owned it, and so I'm at the desk there, and I'm talking to my friend who's on the other side of the desk, and I said, I said, listen, Jim, if you know of any job opportunities for me, would you please let me know? I need a job. 
And so right next to me was an older man. His name was Chet Chambers. And Chet looks over at me, and I look over at him, and he asks me, he goes, are you a Christian young man? I said, yes, sir, I'm a Christian. He said, well, I want you to take my name. I want you to go down to Jamesbury, which is a machine shop, and I want you to just let them know that you were talking to me. So I went down to Jamesbury. I said, Chet Chambers sent me, and I got a job as a machinist and worked there for four years. How did I get that job? Was it in my name? No, it was in the name of Chet Chambers that I was able to get that job and God provided. What is it about this name of Jesus that when we use his name and when we pray in his name, we're going to get answers? You know what James says about prayer? That sometimes we pray and we ask and we ask what? Do you remember what it says? Amiss. That you might consume it upon what? Your own lusts. So I wonder if we're missing Really, when we pray, I just want answers. I was in that back room praying with tears. I was like, God, I want more answers. I want more miracles. I want you to move in mighty ways through my prayers. More than I've ever experienced before. Maybe it's, we're asking the Lord in the wrong way. Maybe we don't know what it means to use his name. I remember my mom, single mom raising me. Three, three boys, actually. I'm the confused middle child, and so... I got my license, and I, I wanted to use her car to go to the gym and do some exercising. And so I asked her. Now, I didn't ask her, like, dearest mother, you know, I just love you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I came with a loud attitude. I was 16, 17 years old. I said, Mom, can I use your car, you know? And she said, no. I said, what do you mean? And I started to raise my voice, came with a little bit more of an attitude, and she said, no. And I said, why? And so she said, because I said so. I said, well, you're beautiful. I didn't say that. I used another B word. Next thing you know, my, my front lip was swelling up really quick. It was like this big. Because she was like, pow. I wonder, I wonder, if I would have came to my mom and said, Mom, I just love you. I, I thank you for all you've done for me. And if my approach was different, I asked and I asked amiss. I don't want to ask amiss in our prayer life anymore. We're going to have some prayer over a dear person and her family at the end of this message. And she's going to step out. She's stepping out into a place of vulnerability in front of all of you. Because she knows she needs a healing. She knows she needs deliverance. She knows that she needs God to continue to do the mighty work that he is already doing in her life. And she's going to step out of the, the chair at the end of this message and come to the front here in front of all of you. I'm going to explain a little bit more what's going on at the end of the message. We're going to pray for her. And we're going to pray in Jesus' name. But not like the Corvette. We've got, we got to figure out what it means. Pray in Jesus. There's three points I want to make with you out of the text, out of some other verses I'm going to look. I want to look at this from three angles. The first is a legal contract. A legal contract. Did you get the little handouts? Did my brother Zach, did you get those out to everybody? Some notes if you want to write that down. Put that number one. Thank you, Zach, and others who helped. A legal contract. All throughout Scripture, our relationship with Jesus is referred in terms of Lord or master and servant or slave. That's the relationship that we have in and through what is known as justification. It's a theological term, and so it means uh, that we're declared as if we've never sinned. It's, it's, it's a declaration that I am innocent. I am innocent. I was guilty before a holy God. He declares me innocent because of the blood of his son. That's justification. It's a legal term. And now I stand before God as if I've never sinned. 
Amazing. So in this relationship of Jesus as Lord and Master and us as his servant, or yes, his slave, there is this name. There's this legal contract. We know that the devil had kidnapped us and Jesus paid the ransom with his life, with his death, and with the blood shed. And so in the book of Romans, it talks about this word being justified, just as if I've never sinned. Jesus becomes our master, and we're now his servants, or we're his slave. He owns us. And this is what I want to talk about just briefly. In business, there's also this, too, because when we're hired, we sign paperwork, we come into this kind of a legal contract with our employer. And this is, this is what, the, the, what I want to really convey in this first point, because what this relationship is to Jesus is our relationship in some ways to our employer. And the Bible talks about an employer-employee relationship too. And so now, now the, the employee is to, to live their life as, if, as they're working for the employer uh, for the best interest of the enterprise of what the business is all about. So when I pray in Jesus' name, I am not saying this is in my interest. This is in the interest of you, Jesus. It's in the interest of your kingdom, of your enterprise, of your agenda, of what you want to do. See, we're asking amiss because we're asking for something that is centered on me. But if I can get free of that, and we can get free of that as a church and start praying, God, in Jesus' name, for your interests, for your agenda, for your enterprise, for your glory, watch what happens. Now, if you don't work in such a way that you're working for the best interests of the employer, you get a little slip, right? Is it a pink slip still? I don't know. You might get a slip, and you're not going to work for them any longer. Now, Jesus isn't going to give you a pink slip if you mess up. Everybody ever messed up in the Christian life? <laughs> you ever get a pink slip? You're not going to get a pink slip. But the point is that we're living in this relationship of justification a legal contract, if you will, for the best interest of the enterprise or the kingdom. We're going to use the kingdom of God. There's this legal union that we're talking about. You're united to Jesus, and you reap all of what he is and who he is and all of what he has. But it has to be done in a righteous way. We can use his name. Isn't that wonderful? I can use the name of Jesus. I can use it. He said, Chris, I want you to use my name. Like Chet Chambers, remember? Chet said, use my name, get the job. Now I go to Jesus, I'm like, Jesus, can I use your name for this? Can I use your name for that? Can I use your name for this? And he says, yes. Yes, keep using my name. But you gotta remember, it's for the best interest of the kingdom and for the king. Not for, not for me, not for us. There's a huge difference there. There's power in that name. I think there's a song that we used to sing back in the church in the, in the old days, power in the name, or there is power in that name. There's power for us by using this name, his name. Power to use and to represent, and to extend the kingdom and glorify God and to honor him. And he entrusts us with this name in this legal contract. Have you surrendered to that? I trust that you've surrendered to your business, right? Your employer. Have you, have you surrendered to them? It's what they're asking you to do. When you work for somebody, you surrender to them in some form. And you do what they ask you to do, and they pay you for that. So I'm going to ask you tonight, have we, have we surrendered to Jesus? And we say, Jesus, <laughs> I surrender to you. 
your interests more than mine. Here's the prayer that I would encourage you to pray. Just in the area of your finances, I'm going to ask you to pray these, just, just not now, but in your private time. God, I want you to increase the money that I make. You're saying, oh, no, he's going Benny Hinn on me. I'm going prosperity. Oh, no. No, it's like, God, I want you to increase the favor through my employer so that I can make more money. Why? So you can buy the 2018 Corvette? No. So that you can, you can God, I, I want to help people. I want to help poor people. God, I want you to increase the money that I make so that I can bless the kingdom, so that I can extend the kingdom, so that I can, I can be about your interests. You don't think he's going to answer something like that? As long as you do it sincerely and authentically and responsibly. We can use his name for any and all supplies to do the work that he's called us to do. Number two, not only a legal contract, let's talk a little bit about a life consecration. Consecrate means to dedicate or to separate or to be devoted to. A life consecration. Look at chapter 15 of John in verse 16. John 15, 16. 16, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Isn't that good that he chose you? We're talking about election. God chose us. The Bible teaches that. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father, where? In my name, he may give it to you. You got this abiding relationship in John 15, and I've studied this and tried to understand it more and more the last 30 years of my Christian life. And I, I want to I abide. There's a verse in Psalm 91.1. It says, uh, to, to, how does that go? Um, in the shadow of the Almighty. They, they may abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I think it's Psalm 91.1. There's a book written by Elizabeth Elliot after that title, In the Shadow of the Almighty. Abiding with God, staying near God. John 15 is talking about that. And if we abide, if we have this life dedication, consecration, this separation from, from, from the world and, and, and devoted to Jesus in ways that are so real and so personal, we can use his name. We have that life union with him. We don't baptize babies as some traditions do, but we do dedicate them. I'm sure Living Rock, you dedicate babies, right? And so... Um, it's a tradition that we do. Most evangelical churches do. Some, some do it by sprinkling. And, but we, we dedicate babies. And so uh, what, what I'm saying here is that there is this life union. There is this relationship. There is this place that all of us have come from. And it's that life union with your dad and mom. Your dad and mom. You have a union with your dad and mom. Obviously. Or you wouldn't be here. And we don't need to talk about how that's done. You know, the birds and the bees, that's for your dad or your mom to talk to you about that kind of stuff. But, but there is this life union that, that I, have, I have my dad's name. My last name is Crow. My, my last name is Crow, and my dad's name is Crow, and his dad was Crow. My grandfather and his grand and Crow. That's my life union. I can't change that. That's, that's, that's who I am. That's the name that I have. And you have that name too, right? Not Crow. That's my name. You can't have that name. I'm talking about your dad, right? You, you're, think about your situation. Right? Your dad's name. 
This is a big deal in biblical times. We live our lives knowing that our life union with our father or mother is one of, of unity and of oneness of name. It's the same thing with Jesus. There's one life, one spirit with him in my conversion, your conversion. Our spiritual life consecration has everything to do with prayer and getting answers to our prayers. I'm united. I am, I'm consecrated. I'm dedicated to his name, for his name. I'm consecrated to Christ. I'm not seeking my own, but Jesus's. And when I use his name, I'm saying I'm in this one life, one consecrated life with him, wholly given over to him to represent him well. Is this your heart to the Father? Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to give it to you. I don't know about you, but... uh, did you ever were raised not wanting to dishonor your dad? Right? I mean, I got a great dad. Some of you have met him. Some of you will meet him. I don't want to dishonor my dad. I don't want to dishonor the name of Crow. How much more the name of Jesus? Here would be a prayer. Father, take my life and use it to do great things. Take my life and use it to do great things. The great things would fall under this, this place of honoring the name of Jesus. Answers will come. I don't know if you knew this, but the crow name's coming to an end after centuries. It's coming to an end. I don't have kids, couldn't have kids. My older brother couldn't have kids, and my middle, younger brother has a daughter. That's it. Crow name's coming to an end. Amazing. It's surreal. It's like, whoa, you know? No more crow. But not with Jesus' name. It's eternal different very different the name of jesus and it's when i realize this that i've been i've been given his name i'm in relationship with him i am consecrated to him i am wholly given over to him that he can have my life he can have everything about my life and he knows it and he says i want you to pray in my name now chris because whatever you ask i'm going to give it I remember Lisa's dad. We had some financial struggles and challenges, and he said, I want to help you, and so we co-signed. You remember that? We went into this bank, and my father-in-law's, his, uh, was it, the debt score was impeccable, and ours was, like, wrecked. It was rough. And so we went to him, and, and, and it, was, it was his name that the bank looked at. It wasn't me. It wasn't Lisa. It was his history. It was the way that he, he conducted business with them for all these years that they trusted him. And so he co-signed a loan that helped us and it brought blessing and some relief to our financial situation. Jesus, I mean, Lisa has a life union with her father. It's her father. And I, and I have a father and so don't you. And you're in that life union with him. Number three, let's talk about a love connection. Sounds like a game show, huh? A little trivia for you. What happened on May 27th, 1989? Come on, come on, come on. May 27th, 1989. It was big. It was huge. People are like, well, I don't know. She gave up her name, Lisa Robar, and became 
Lisa Crow. Come on, come on now. That was May 27th, 1989. Lisa Robar became Lisa Crow. She received my name. There's this love connection. There is this, this place where in, in our society, the wife, or the wife would give up her name. Jesus is called uh, the bridegroom. Of course, he married the church, and the church is us. And we receive his name. We take on the name of the Father in some essence, in some way. We are his sons, and we're his daughters. And he loves us, and we have this love connection. I wonder. When Lisa took my name, did you give up your... Well, I don't know if this is going to be accurate, so this might be hopefully not heresy, but independence. There, there, is this, there is this place where Lisa was saying when she became married to me in this love connection, she was saying, you know what? I'm laying Robar aside. No more Robar. Now it's Crow. So there was this place where she was interconnected, love connected with her family. Now she's going to separate from that. She's going to be connected to me in this relationship and she's now receiving my name. So there's this, this independence. She's, she's becoming independent from her family in some ways and then coming over to me. That's significant in the spiritual dimension, in the spiritual uh, understanding of things. She possesses my name. She's connected to me. And all that I have is hers. Hear that? All that I have is Lisa Crows. And don't you know that she puts that into practice because I go into my wallet sometimes and I'm looking for some cash and there ain't none. It's like she's gotten to my wallet like, look. And if I did have any cash in there, she'd get to it fast. And I'd be like, what happened to my cash? It's like, oh, that's right. Love connection. She's, she's got my name. Right? John 15, 9. Let's close here. John 15, 9. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I go to Jesus now, and all that he has is mine, and I have that love connection with him. I want to read these verses. John 15, 9 down to verse 14. As the Father has loved me, he said, and so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Okay, we, got, we obviously know Loving Christ is connected to obedience and following what he says. And I really believe that. If you want to define a Christian, it's not. It's really this. It's really simple. Do you follow Jesus? I mean, we don't need to get complicated about things. You know, it's not, it's not do you believe. Oh, that's part of it. But people can say you believe, but they're not following. So if you want a really good book to read, and it was written in the late 80s, John MacArthur wrote a book called The Gospel According to Jesus. Subtitle, Do You Follow Christ? Do you follow Christ? That's it. Not perfectly, but we're doing the best that we can. So here's, this Jesus, here's Jesus talking about this love connection. Abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's, it's all over. Greater love than this, and no one, that someone may lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. And no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have, for all that I have heard from the fa my Father, 
I have made known to you. And then we read verse 16. I was reading this book. I want to quote from Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray wrote a book called With Christ in the School of Prayer. Uh, it's cool that I, I reference books and people in our church are actually listening to them or reading them. Uh, it's never happened in, in all the years I've done ministry. I would quote, I would say, hey, read a book. And nobody would do it. <laughs> Get the harvest reading. We got readers in this church. Or listeners. They listen to it on, it's whatever, however it works for you. I don't know if this is actually one you could read or uh, listen to on, because this is out of print, I think. Anyway, Andrew Murray is one of my heroes. And uh, he wrote, he, he says this about praying. Let the name of Jesus have undivided supremacy in my heart and my life. My faith will grow to the assurance that what I ask for in that name cannot be refused. The name and the power of asking go together. When the name of Jesus has become the power that rules my life, its power in prayer will God, with God will be seen to. Everything depends on my relationship to the name. The power it has on my life is the power it will have in my prayers. God, help the power of Jesus' name to be such a part of who we are individually and as a church that these are affecting our prayers. He goes on to say, As we bear the name before men, we have the power to use it before God. Let us plead for God's Holy Spirit to show us what the name means and what the right use of it is. The end of each chapter, I've read, already read this book several times, he goes into a prayer, and he says, Lord, teach us to pray. And he says, blessed Lord, it seems as if each lesson you give me has such depth of meaning that if I could just learn that one, I would be able to pray properly. Right now I feel as if I only need to pray for one thing. Lord, please teach me what it is to pray in your name Teach me to live and act, to walk and speak, and to do everything in the name of Jesus so that my prayer cannot be anything else but in that blessed name too. Here's what we're going to do. I really want to pray in the name of Jesus for Brenda and Jordan. And so we're going to do this as a church family. We're going to pray in Jesus' name. I've already mentioned briefly Brenda uh, and I and my wife and others in the church have surrounded her. Uh, we met at the church in the park. We had two churches in the park, and so the second one we did, uh, she showed up. She was invited by Emily. And by the way, we need to pray for Emily too and Adam who are not here. Haley got hurt, as you might have seen on some of the Facebook posts. And so she's still in the hospital. We're talking with Emily before we came to church tonight. And, and we need to pray in Jesus' name for Haley too. And so we met... Brenda and Jordan at Church in the Park, and my wife and I her and her connected first, and then after the service, I was up getting the hamburger, and she's standing there, and I said, who are you? And uh, she said, I'm Brenda. And that began a relationship that Lisa and I have had with her. What's the, how many, how long is that now, Brenda? Whoa. <laughs> and how many hours, and how many minutes, and how many seconds? <laughs> it's been wonderful. It's been amazing. Uh, this is a, a wonderful, wonderful woman and her dear daughter uh, that has, has caught snagged in some things of this life, like we all do. And the conversations that we've had with Brenda, and of course she's like keeping this stuff on herself, like, oh, it's awful and I'm, I feel shameful and all of that. And, and she's battling with substance abuse. You know, and, and we would encourage her, you know, it's not, it's, 
you know, we're all in this together. It's like level ground at the cross, man. It's like, you know what? Nobody's higher than the next. And so we've been spending a lot of time with Brenda and Jordan, her family, and others in the church, just really praying over her, giving her counsel, and, and sometimes just like giving her a noogie, man. It's like, come on, you know? And so that's love. It's sometimes tough, and it's sometimes direct, and, and Brenda knows that we love her. Brenda knows that we care about her. And so we were encouraging her uh, to go into a Christian-based residential treatment center. And, uh, and there, were some, there were some fears about all of that, and, 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 and rightfully so. Good night, you know, for an extended period of time. And, and all the changes that she's already done in her life right now, we're so proud of you. And she's done awesome with the changes. And now she's gearing up to go to this Christian uh, uh, I was going to say retreat, but you know what? It is going to be like a retreat because uh, Jesus is going to do some great things while Brenda's there and do great things with Jordan uh, while Jordan's here and, and her family surrounding her, and we're going to watch over Jordan. And so, but it got to the place where uh, Brenda needed to make that decision, and she has tough decision. And so then the question was, uh, well, we want to pray over you before you go. And, and then she was like, whoa, hold on. And, and she's, uh, she's a private lady, but um, you're going to hear from Brenda Park one day in a very powerful way because God has gifted her in incredible ways. But the enemy has tried to get a foothold. And we're going to pray against that enemy tonight. And I'm so glad that Living Rock's here with us because we need you to pray with us too for Brenda and Jordan and her family. And we're going to say, you know what, in Jesus' name, enemy, just get away. Get away, get away. And, and Brenda's going to go to this wonderful place out near Pittsburgh, and, and she's going to be meeting with God and wonderful women that are over there with her, giving her counsel, and there's going to be healing, and there's going to be all kinds of great things. And when she comes back, she's afraid that we're going to be like a 1,000 people, like, we're going to grow so big that you're, I'm not going to know anybody. I don't know if we'll grow that big that fast, Brenda, but we'll see. But when she comes back, um, and in, that, in the process of all of that, we're going to surround her in prayer. And we're going to keep updates and stuff. So, Brendan, Jordan, if you want to come down here, come on down, and, and we're, going to, we're going to pray over you. And if you feel uh, comfortable with laying hands on or come just surrounding, uh, you do that. If you want to pray from your chair, you can certainly do that too. It doesn't mean that God only hears you if you're down here. But we love Brendan, Jordan, so we want to lift her before the Lord and Emily and Adam. And, and then we're going to worship Jesus after that with one more song. Amen. This is Brenda right here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge step for her. This is a big step. This is something she wanted. It's not something that we said, you have to do this. <laughs> it wasn't that way at all. Uh, we certainly encouraged her to do this, but anybody else need any? It's gonna... All right, church, we're, we're going to surround her in prayer. We're going to love on her, and we're believing for miracles, amen? We're believing for more deliverance. We're believing for more healing. We're believing, God, that you're going to do, you're already doing something phenomenal. And so in Jesus' name, there it is, in Jesus' name with a legal contract, with this life connection, this union we have with you, Jesus, and this love relationship that we have with you, we're praying in Jesus' name for Jesus Christ to be formed in a greater way in Brenda's life than ever before. And, and we know, 
we know that you're answering that prayer even right now. You have to. You have to because we prayed it in Jesus' name according to your will for your interest, for the furtherance of your kingdom, for your agenda over Brenda. And so, Lord, we're, we're praying. We want to see Brenda, Lord, go to this woman at the well ministry and thrive, God. We, we pray for thriving and for your Holy Spirit to heal and for your Holy Spirit to do deep works of peeling back layers and, and doing the heart work that only you can do. And so, Lord, we're praying over here, anointing, blessing, and favor. We're praying over Jordan, too, Lord, that you would just help her to realize the peace that you give, that you're walking with her just as much as you're walking with Brenda. You're walking also with the whole Park family and with our church family, and we're in this thing together. And so, Lord, help Brenda to realize more and more. She does know, and she'll say that we love her. But uh, even praying publicly, what a step of faith. What a courageous thing to do this in front of the church and even visitors tonight. And you're honoring that, Lord. You are honoring this. And so, God, please, 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 in Jesus' mighty name, glorify your great name in and through Brenda's life. When she comes back, Lord, uh, it's, we're just going to see you all over her, using her and speaking through her and helping other women who are going through substance abuse uh, to be healed and delivered. And thank you, Lord, for Brenda. Thank you for bringing her into our church life. Thank you for bringing Jordan into our life, too, and the Park family. And thank you, Lord, that, that I can lead a church, and Lisa and I can lead a church that, that loves people, that surrounds. That's so cool, God. I don't know if I've ever seen it to this degree in all the years I've done ministry. It's here. It's right here at Harvest Reading. And that's the way the church is supposed to work and operate. And I personally thank you for all those dear people that surrounded Brenda, made visits and talked to her and sometimes gave her a noogie. And, and so, God, uh, that's the way we love around here. No judgment, just love. And, and we're praying, Lord, that she would, as Jesus would say, go and sin no more. And so, Lord, uh, thank you, Lord, for this moment. And so, God, we pray for Ashley. Also, or Ashley, We pray for Emily and we pray for Adam and Haley that you would also visit them in that room. So God, we pray that you, Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals, would touch Haley's body. Even now, may we hear from the doctors, may we hear from Emily that something changed. There was a turning point, something moved, and, 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 and it touched her heart, and not only spiritually, Lord, but her kidneys and her organs, and, and rearranged some things there. And, and so God, we pray for Adam. Help him to be the leader, the pastor dad there. Newly married, there are so much going on with moving into their house. And so, God, we pray for Emily to help her to be strengthened by you. We pray that you would help Haley uh, to really sense your presence, Lord, that you, you, you were there, although it was so hard, you were still there. And so, God, we want to worship you with one more song. And so let's do that, church. Let's rise to our feet. Let's worship Jesus